Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest of And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode of the show where tonight we're talking about the Gorgie Keith film pick of the week, The Omen from 1976 and directed by Richard Donner. It's not my life story, guys. It's not autobiographical. It's a fake movie. Uh, but we'll get into it later on in the show, how the Antichrist came to be. Um, but of course, I'm joined by the bold and beautiful, the Gorgie Keith. It's all for you, Damien. Talking in tongues. <laughs> all for Welcome. you. Welcome to Talking Terror. <laughs> the greatest birthday ever. I mean, that would have been a highlight for me. Remember when I was five and that woman killed herself? Huh, memories. Then we had to cut her down while we're eating cake. Uh, man, we had such fun. What a way to go out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we'll Past, get to it. <laughs> Look at the, the party favors have always been worth it. And, of course, we were joined by a psychotic simian who made Monkey the Prince of the Moors Day. Yeah, it's gay satanic with the monkey. Oh, yes! Satan, Satan, Satan! And you know what time it is, right? It is talking terror time, baby! You will go to Hall Podcast for all of your horror news and movie reviews done the only way, talking terror's way, baby! Just make sure to be a dear and like and subscribe to Talking Terror on Facebook and Instagram. I'm so excited I'm cutting this shit short because I am really excited about this week's movie, baby! Ooh! <laughs> The What's up, right, family? Group. Yeah, first <laughs> <laughs> For the very first time, like an omen, it's the Antichrist touches dick. Oh, wait, that's the wrong song. Oh, Sorry. my. Touches dick, jeez. You took a weird turn with that one, man. Man. Well, come on. I'll be strong. you got to touch Satan's dick. Satan, Satan be stroking. <laughs> That's right, because he'd be fucking. You know, Jesus is all like, I don't know, guys. This is kind of weird. This is my first time. And Satan's like, give me that pussy. And it's like, yeah, see, he's all that party, man. He's no, man, man. Yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've spoken my claim on that, dude. Jesus fucked. Jesus had to. <laughs> Sorry, but he did. You know, I don't know. Yeah, no, 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 no. Listen, the fact of the matter is, if God indeed put his only son down on, on, on the planet to live out the life of a human being, to to share in all of that, to be a human in order to allow him to forgive us of all of our sins, then he therefore had to have committed those sins himself in order to then know what those sins were. 
So oh, that has yeah. to be the greatest 18th birthday ever. Like, imagine that. <laughs> Jesus is hanging out. He's 18 now. His dad's like, hey, listen, I'm God. You're my son. Listen, there's going to be some very uncool things happening to you later in life. Like, there's going to be a crucifix, a lot of bad shit. But first of all, let me introduce you to Candy, everybody. Candy, give a bow. All right. She's <laughs> oh. going to take my son's virginity. Let's have some wine. I brought the fish. I brought the loaves of bread. Let's get freaky. Jesus is like, whoa, Dad, this is the coolest. He's like, hell yeah. And I built this shit in seven days, son. He's like, wow. God's hardcore. Just whipping out those dollars. Making it rain, son, more ways than one. There's a reason why they call it the passion of the Christ. (laughs) He's got a passion for that pussy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that there's a porno somewhere (laughs) That involves Jesus And a lot of fucking vagines Called the passion of the pussy And if there isn't we should make it We can make a lot of money We could be stars (laughs) A bright shining star I I would be a bright shining star It's my big dick Jack And I'm ready to fuck (laughs) (laughs) It's my big dick God Dad, whatever they call you, Yahweh, and we're going to keep rocking and rolling in the new year. Wow. No, it's, oh, wow. it's my Jesus way. It it's my way, not Yahweh. My way. <laughs> That's got to be the tagline. It's my way, not Yahweh. <laughs> That's going to be the poster. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's going to be the poster. We got it. <laughs> Passion of the pussy. It's my way, not God's way, motherfucker. And Samuel Jackson is Punch's pilot. Got to get that cameo in there. You're going to die, motherfucker, on that crucifix. Oh, shit. He really brought the pain. King of the Jews, You get that crown off his motherfucking head. <laughs> Before I have to kill all y'all motherfuckers in the fucking desert hot. I don't even know why it's hot. I mean, why are we doing this right now? I need to cool off. I need to go to my trailer. Were there trailers in, let in Jesus that time? The big house. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Becomes a prison with you. <laughs> Jesus in the big we house. We have to burn the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody better call Mary, Jesus, and Joseph over here from prison. <laughs> Jesus bringing that big dick energy. Is he played by Big Rains in this movie? I'm pretty sure. Jesus is kind of weird. <laughs> Somebody called. Oh Jesus. shit! Oh shit! Then you're gonna have everybody. Then you're gonna have everyone upset. What? Jesus is black. He sure as fuck ain't white, motherfuckers. Read your fucking Bible. Do your geography. He was not <laughs> white. <laughs> I rode into town on an ass. Your mama's ass. Oh shit! <laughs> Jesus with the fucking burn. We love you, Black Jesus. Love you too, my people. <laughs> I said the Savior's a bong. What'd you say? I said the Savior's a bong. <laughs> <laughs> we we have this movie. <laughs> we have to make it one day. Just, it's going to be the craziest fucking movie, but it's going to work. People are going to love it. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, like I said, the, the dean is not here this week. Uh, he had some things to do. I call it December to December. Marie calls it no dean December, which isn't true. He'll be back next week, but sick burn, though, Marie. Good job. <laughs> that cracked me up for like a good travel five minutes. 
More like no deeds of Samra, am I right, guys? You bring the humor. Very nicely done. Team Samber. No Team a Dean Sember to this member. Yeah. And he was only here. <laughs> but so he'll be back next week, supposedly with a film pick of the week. So we'll stay tuned for that. Uh, but to kick everything off, uh, the guardians of the galaxy holiday special dropped. Uh, uh, the ghoul is one that brought it to my attention. And then of course the monkey did. And the ghoul's like, it's only like 41 minutes. Watch it. And I was like, okay. So I did. I'm glad I did. Uh, I loved it. Uh, it was everything I wanted it to be in a holiday special, including having Kevin Bacon show up as the hero <laughs> and having Mantis and Drax go off on all their adventures, um, having some rotoscope animation, which I was like, wow, okay. I haven't seen that in a while. Um, and but, look at you, you know, dropping the your... technical terms. <laughs> because I like that technology. I like that animation style. I always thought it was kind of cool, uh, even in the heavy metal days. But, uh, you know, Ghoul, what were your thoughts about the, the holiday special? You know, so, so, so far, I've only watched it one time. Um, there are so many things going on as far as shows, movies, right. series, and all these different things that I, I need to be watching. And, yeah, I still haven't even finished. Uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. But the, 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 the World One spinoff, man. No, that too. I, oh. I, still haven't even, you know, I still haven't even finished. I still haven't even figured out if I finished the first episode of Wednesday. You know, I went and started the second episode of Wednesday the other night, and uh, and I'm like sitting there watching it, and I'm going, you know, it's so weird. They're talking about things that I just have no recollection of. Like really, like could I have been that tired while watching it? Well, then no. I go back over to, to episode one because it turned out I was on the wrong Netflix account, and I go to like to, to the right one. I look at episode one, and it was only halfway through. So I was like, well, of course I had no idea what was going on i missed a large portion of that whole damn thing so so i still have that to go um like i said i can't even remember what the damn star wars one is called right now uh it's named after the guy andor. Andor. His name is andor, yeah. that, that andor, andor. you know so like i still have to go back and finish like the last episode or two of that damn show so yeah i crammed in guardians last week you know as soon as i saw it dropped i was like "Ooh, i gotta watch this i've been waiting for this forever oh yeah um and yeah, you know what? I really enjoyed the hell out of it. It had all of that it had all of that cheesy flavor that like mm-hmm. you would want out of something like this, you know? It's it's kind of like the Star Wars Christmas special, you know, or the holiday special. Um you know where it's like it's almost it's it there's points where it's almost so bad it's good, but like the difference is whereas <laughs> that was made Without that being intentional, this kind of was. It was done with all of that in mind. They knew what they were doing. They knew how they were doing it. And they, gave, they, they had a good time, you know, w- with it. Uh, so, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. I enjoyed the animated bits, too. Uh, you know, I, I too like that style. For me, like, you know, it, it immediately reminded me of some of the Bakshi animation, Um that you know mm-hmm. that I I, yep. I I love so much you know like I, I just I see that style and it automatically makes me want to you know I don't watch the the Lord of the Rings or you know the Hobbit and, and all that stuff so or wizard back then <laughs> not, or wizards wizards which you know what again that that's actually one that I, I still I've not seen that one yet I've owned it for a while oh, dude um yeah no I know I know I started it once and was like 
within the first few minutes, I was like, yep, I'm not in the right mindset to watch this movie. And, like, I know that that has to be one where, like, I'm going to set the tone, I'm going to set the lights, I'm going to eat, like, a gummy or two and, like, really, like, yeah. settle into that world for, for, for a good, you know, two hours or whatever that movie is. But, but yeah, I want to be, like, under the full perfect, like, mindset of it. But, but what did you think of the holiday special, Monkey? Dude, uh, th- thanks for bringing it up that, you know, it was out and putting that reminder out there because I went ahead and did yeah. what I did. And th- then the diva and I watched it. And as soon as the special started and they started with the music and stuff like that, uh, you know, the diva me. <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking about th- then when they go t- to the other part with the old 97s, <laughs> diva popped Yo, up yeah. out of her chair. She was like, holy sh-. She was like, holy <laughs> shit, it's the old 97s. And I was like, who the fuck are they? She goes, I've seen them. <laughs> I was like, all right. Yeah, okay. I actually like the old 97s. <laughs> yeah, they are a good band. Yeah. And, yeah, this was just all feel-good vibes throughout the entire thing. And, yeah, seriously, for me, Mantis stole the fucking show. I, yeah. I was fucking rolling with Drunk Mantis. It's like, seriously, I, like it had been a long, long time since I had laughed that fucking hard. Oh, my God. I love I loved Drunk Mantis. <laughs> she, she was so awesome. <laughs> just constantly going off on drags the entire time. Just, Get over here. Let go of the tiny man and shit like that. <laughs> just, <laughs> I, I love it. This isn't a man. It's a shape. <laughs> and the fact that the whole mission is so they can get Kevin Bacon to be the ultimate Christmas present for Peter to lost Gamora. And then when they get to L.A. and they meet all the people dressed up like Avengers characters, then they're like, oh, my God, Steve! <laughs> on this guy dressed up like Captain America, he runs away. And then they're just making fat the- jacks because everybody's like, oh, we've got to get pictures <laughs> of you. <laughs> and the poor, and, and the poor motherfucker dressed as Psykill from GoBots with the money and everything. That's just great. Oh, the GoBots guy, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was fantastic. Oh God, a GoBot killed his cousin. I hated GoBots. <laughs> I hated GoBots as a kid. You know, like I, I very rarely watched the cartoon, and like I, I really enjoyed the yeah. some of the the goals. But, like, I didn't like the toys either. You know, they were just smaller, cheaper versions of the Transformers, man. They're, they're, they're the Kmart of the Transformers, quote, quote, quote Jason Lee. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Um, and I love the fact that Drax beats up the GoBot. Like, at the end of the segment, you just see him punching the shit out of that GoBot. And I was like, oh, that poor guy. And then they have to go to a gay bar. You know where Kevin Bacon is? Why would I know where Kevin Bacon is? <laughs> also, it's like, oh, my God, they're in a gay bar. <laughs> There's a bunch of dudes dancing around with drags okay. doing see, shots. See, I, I couldn't <laughs> tell if, if you know, it, it was actually a gay bar or that, that I li- had literally just finished watching Bros and then immediately went into this. So I was rolling even harder because I immediately thought it was a gay bar. But there were chicks in the bar, too. But there were a lot of men dancing with men in that like, bar. Girls do like girls, and they can be gay, and too. And gays. Love the gay boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, there was a guy dressed up like Freddie Mercury dancing around. I was like, this is a gay bar. <laughs> no way around it. You know, but the, just to have all the characters, and they're even group, to, I don't know, like, I guess he just gained a lot of weight being a teen. 
Because he had that thick old he body. Was, <laughs> he was bulking up, around. man. He was working out. <laughs> <laughs> I love this is a sick old body and just, you know, dancing around the old 97s. I am Groove! You know, just jumping up and down <laughs> in the background. And, the, like, the whole Kevin Bacon thing I love just because of this, how much I love Kevin Bacon. I just really appreciate him as an actor to be in this special, you know, and just acting over the place, you know, being under possession of uh, Mantis. And she's like, yeah, but weren't you the guy that killed Jason Voorhees? He's like, no, that was, that was a, a role, and uh, I didn't. Actually, I got an uh, arrow through my neck. Yeah, but what about the town you saved by dancing? He's like, no, that was a character, too. <laughs> I was footloose. Actors suck. I oh, hate I hate them. Oh, no, he's an actor. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> They're the worst. Actors are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, just her almost puking when he says he's an actor. No, you just have to be like Kevin Bacon. All right, I'm about to storm the beaches of Normandy. We have to beat the Nazis, everybody. No, no, not that. <laughs> <laughs> a hero Kevin Bacon. Just be Kevin Bacon. And just the whole thing of, of Peter getting the whole celebration aspect of Christmas, getting the whole town to light up, and then, you know, Kevin Bacon getting into the whole thing of it. I just love the gift exchange when uh, Rocket gets the arm <laughs> of the Winter Soldier. Dude! He's like, fuck his arm. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it's from Nebula yeah. too. I just love the fact that Nebula is the one that gave it to him. Well, yeah, but but that's also because back in the day, Rock had actually offered to pay Bucky for his arm during Infinity War. <laughs> Rock had actually yep. offered to buy yeah. it from him. Yep, he did. How much for the gun? And he finally got it. <laughs> Not for sale. <laughs> How about the arm? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Now, was, now the was, real question is, is how, how did Nebula get that? Yeah. Off? Yeah, that's so, a whole story. So that's got to be like a, do a we have, one episode. Do we have Bucky <laughs> running around with a new arm, or 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 is is Bucky currently missing an arm? Are we going to see an armless Bucky? <laughs> well, the, it might have been after he got rid of the other one and switched it up for the new uh, tra- trade up when he got the Wakanda tech. No, because the original one was that silver color would have the uh, the red highlights for the, the Soviet Union, whereas that oh, one that, yeah. that right. it has is, is the black one. It's the Wakanda arm. Oh, <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I noticed that. I was like, yeah, there's no Soviet symbols on that. That's the Wakanda arm that she took from him. So I just, I would love to see like a side story, like a quick five minute, just you know, little short film on how she got the arm off of Bucky. So she can give it to, to you know Rocket, who's just so happy to have it. <laughs> you know? so now I, and then of course Bruce gifts. Yeah, uh, 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 we will wrap it up obviously because you know as much as we'd love it to be a Marvel show, it's not. You know, we know the Dean loves these no. songs too. But um, <laughs> yeah. I did love like and again because you just mentioned Groot again. I did love the fact yeah. that yes, indeed, they had a man in a suit running around yep, the whole time. for the first time, <laughs> and that was absolutely holiday special esque, yes. hysterical. You know, because again, it fits that same motif as the bad Chewbacca costumes from you know the bad <laughs> costumes from the Star Wars holiday special. That thing was yeah. atrocious. It was, and I'm not even I'm talking about the group one. The head was too Yo, wide. Was so bad. The body was too <laughs> yeah. weird. It was like somebody's like really good version of a cosplay group. Except being that it's MCU here, it's like, dude, who the hell stole Groot? Um, 
But, but yeah, again, I think it all just was done that way on purpose just to fit in with that whole motif. And so, so yeah, I applaud them for it. And it's a great way to end phase four. You know, this is like, you know, the official, official ending. The, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the Wakanda Forever ended the movie portion of it. This ends, you know, mm-hmm. this is kind of the, the, the period at the end of the, the phase four sentence. Yeah, oh, okay. it's kind of the, the, the send-off because uh, Guardians 3 is going to be in the new phase uh, when it comes out. But there there was a, a segment towards the end of the special where there was a guy drunk and he was drinking inside of a store uh, on the planet. And I could have sworn that was Mark Hamill. It looked a lot like him. Like there was a scene where Kevin Bacon was running around in the planet and there was a drunk guy outside of a store just drinking out of a bottle. I was like, is that Mark Hamill? And I was like, oh, I couldn't find anything about it. It looked just like him. I'll have to rewatch it, and I'll have to send you a screenshot if I can. But it, like, he had the same goatee. He had the same hair. I was like, what makes sense? It's a holiday special. He knows about him. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and being part of Star Wars, which is also owned by Disney, it's not like it's completely out of the realm of possibility. Um, you know, yeah, and, and no line I, 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 I do not find it to be out of the realm of possibility of Mark Hamill somehow showing up in the MCU in some way as you know, whatever character that they, they can pull out of the, you know, out of the deeper lore. Like, obviously, I don't think Mark Hamill's coming in as any kind of main character, but, you know, they, they can pull him out of, out of the woodworks to, to, to give us some kind of, like, side character or something that people will be like, oh, my God, that's perfect, you know. Oh, look, Mark Hamill, the Watcher. Let's shave his head bald, get all the hair off of his face. Yeah. Like, oh, there he is. Yeah. It would be a great cameo. I'm, I'm, I would appreciate that. But so, yeah, I mean, it was a great special. And if you guys are fans of uh, Guardians and you want to check that out, it's on Disney Plus, 41 minutes. It's a quick watch. You know, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I just, you know, kind of brought the whole season home. I was like, I could definitely watch it, especially the opening song where they talk about Mrs. Claus working the pole. Well, Santa Claus goes insane, starts killing people. <laughs> it's Christmas time. <laughs> and he has a flame. And he has to be a dentist. <laughs> uh, uh, look, as soon as it was over, you know what I went and did? I went and put on Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, and I revisited you know, that <laughs> yeah. and its sequel. You know, I, I, I fell asleep to Guardians. You know, I went to bed that night and put Guardians on. I woke up, you know, just, just to watch the end of it. Like, I, I woke up literally as uh, – as they were fighting aboard Ronan's ship, and mm-hmm. you know the the entire sequence occurs, and 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 Groot covers them and does the We Are Groot line, and I forgot, oh, yeah. I really <laughs> forgot yeah. how effective <laughs> all of that entire like sequence was. It's been so long since I like really sat down oh. and watched this movie that there I was at like I don't know twelve fifty one a.m. something like that. <laughs> and, I, and I opened my eyes to this, watching it all, and he embraces them all, and he says, we are Groot, and I'm a big fucking mess of tears. I'm, like, laying there in my bed, sizzling away, like, oh, my God, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And, and this is full well knowing that he's going to come back as cute little baby Groot and all of that stuff. But, but like, between him doing that and just and just Bradley Cooper's, rocket at that moment, you know, but Groot, yeah. you're going to yeah. die. You know, just, just the, the emotion that he put into that voice 
I, I love Bradley Cooper as an actor, but like it's little things like that when you're not seeing the actual actor doing it, yet you're getting that emotion off that voice. That's what makes somebody like an actor, you know? Like holy fuck, man! Like that was Absol- great. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, so so there it was, and then I put on volume two, of course, and you know passed out shortly after that, and did not wake up or cry during that movie. I mean, I, I prefer that one. I prefer volume two over volume one for a lot of reasons, but yeah, just Kurt that whole Russell. thing. But you'll die. <laughs> uh, yeah, ego, so good, you know. But I know that uh, the volume three trailer dropped. I haven't watched it. I was like, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I just, I want to go in blind to volume three. Like, I don't want anything spoiled. I kind of want to go into a fresh show. Just like, uh, well, yeah, I haven't. So just like with the monkey with uh, the Indiana Jones trailer, which believe me, it sucks. Don't watch it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you wanted to avoid the indie trailer. I'm glad that you did, Monkey, because it's just not good. <laughs> so you might want to go in blind and just, and just uh, yeah, watch uh, I, I'm not going to watch it. I, no, I'm not going to watch it, period. She's not going to watch the movie <laughs> at all, man. I mean, if he's not going to watch the trailer, he's not going to watch the movie. You know, as far as the Guardian I thought you were trailer, just avoiding it for spoilers. Watch, I watch the first trailers. You know, typically when yeah. they, they give you yeah. the first, like, official trailer, I'll watch that one. But I'm going to do my damn best to avoid... You know the second trailer and the final oh, trailer, yeah. and the and this is the trailer <laughs> yeah. that we're going to put out just before the movie's about to come out into the theater, and this is going to totally reveal like six other things that you had no idea were going to be in this film. But guess what? We're going to spoil it for you before you even get in the seat. Um, I'm going to avoid that trailer too. Uh, but yeah, Monkey, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah the, Indi- the the Indiana Jones movie, like it looks fucking <laughs> atrocious. It's it's it was CGI it was so city. It's yep. like cartoonish wow. CGI bad. Like I, I couldn't even like fathom that I was watching this. Like I get Harrison Ford is old. Work with that. You did it with Sean Connery in the Last Crusade. <laughs> get back to making what Indiana Jones was great about, which was giving us some live action stunts. I don't need Indiana Jones to be a fucking MCU movie. I don't need Indiana Jones to be fucking Iron Man. I need him to be Indiana Jones. You can have some mysticism and mumbo-jumbo and all that shit that Indy doesn't believe in happen without him having to be, you know, I don't know, on the top of a train that looks like it's moving so fucking fast that it can't be, like, real. And there's no way that a real person could be even standing on that thing while I'm watching an animated background go on in the background and fucking cars doing all this other shit. And it's like, why? You might as well made an animated series. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's that bad. (laughs) Wow. I mean, like, I saw all these <laughs> comments where they're like, oh, my God, goosebumps, goosebumps. I'm like, what? Where? I was like, that looks like a fan film. <laughs> no, I think they're talking about the show Goosebumps. <laughs> no, I'd rather be watching Goosebumps. <laughs> I'd rather be watching this, Goosebumps. <laughs> this movie might actually make Crystal Skull good. That, that oh, fuck. I, I, oh, man. I, yeah, especially because I found out that there might be time travel involved with uh, this one. So I was like, oh, no. What? Please don't. Please don't. Yeah. Oh. There, there is a rumor that time travel will be involved in this one. And I was like, please don't do that. Like, remember back in the day when Indiana Jones was just fighting Nazis? Like, we want that Indiana Jones. We don't want him time traveling and facing up against aliens. Right? No. Just it's, want to see him punch a couple of Nazis it's, in the face. 
Is Steven Spielberg involved with this in any way, shape, or form? I don't know. That's that you, that you know of? No, no I don't believe so. I mean, Disney bought it outright, so, you know, he's visiting uh, DreamWorks. Okay. So he, got, he has nothing to do with them, you know, so, so they're going to do what they're going to do. I mean, they, they obviously bought it because they want I, – I, my thing is this. Like, if this is the way they wanted to go with this, right, then mm-hmm. don't do yeah. it with Harrison Ford. Reboot the entire series. And start fresh, yeah, kind of like you know, kind of like the whole Spider-Man thing. You know, you keep wanting to, you want to put out a new Spider-Man, but you want to give them a newer, fresher look or a different style of Spider-Man. Okay, give us a new actor, give us a new suit, give us some new villains, and all of that. You want to do this with yep. Indiana Jones? That's fine. Give us a new indie. Don't keep trying to like cut back to that and old. Bring well and Ford like, out of the yeah, grave. Well, we're bringing Indiana Jones back. <laughs> We're bringing Harrison Ford back as your Indiana Jones. But these aren't our Indiana Jones movies if you're not making them that way. No. You know, if you're giving us something no. completely different, it doesn't, it doesn't fit that original series. Like, I can't put the fifth movie in after watching the first three because it doesn't make sense. You know, King, no. Crystal no. Skull even doesn't fit. In with that, you know, no. because of some of the stuff, that some of the choices they made there. And I don't mean story-wise. I don't mean Shia LaBeouf. I don't even care about the Shia LaBeouf stuff. It's <laughs> <laughs> the Shia LaBeouf stuff. Like, this sounds like a, like a, a weird thing. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf stuff. I did some LaBeouf stuff. But, yeah, I'm totally with you, man. Yeah, and you shouldn't be with an Indiana Jones movie. You shouldn't be using a ton of CGI stunts. That was the wonder about the original Indiana Jones movie was, holy shit, how the fuck they do that? Well, well, they fucking dug a trench for two miles, dragged Harrison Ford's ass under that truck, and that's how you got that shot. You know? Mm-hmm. Or, or I mean, stunt, you know, man, it, you know what I mean? Like, look, you're going to use a stuntman, you're going to use a stuntman. That's fine, but do it. Do it. You can't tell me. I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess. Look, I guess the idea is that CGI is cheaper. It's going to cost them less. It's going to cost them less. But it's also is safe. It really? Yes. Okay. So yeah. physically, it's safer. But again, if people aren't going to enjoy the movie, did you really succeed? Yeah. You know, exactly. I guess that, I guess that's what, what it's going to come down to. You know what we're going to see. We'll, we'll see what the box office receipts are. You know, and I know I'm going to go into that movie with my arms crossed, and I'm going to hope maybe by the end of it my arms are down at the very least, but, but we'll see. I'd like to hope so. You know, I'm, I'm in the same camp as you are, Google. I'm going to go see it. I hope that it's not terrible. But, again, like you had said about a relaunch of Indiana Jones, call Nathan Fillion. Where are you, buddy? Put on that fedora and go whip some Nazis. Like, I'd see that. I'd go pay to see Nathan Fillion in the Indiana Jones role. I think it'd be great. I think he'd be perfect for it. But, you know, he's doing the rookie now, yeah, so I guess you know, he's set. The, the, I, I want to say yes with Nathan Fillion, except here's the thing. He's already – it's – so, like – He's getting up in age, right. too. I'm not, no, he's not. He's still not Harrison Ford age, but uh, not, <laughs> not uh, I think he's what? He's, it is, it, you know, he's in his, like, early 50s. Um, so, so I see Nathan Fillion obviously as Captain Malcolm Reynolds. That is the the first yep. and, and the thing I see. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, yeah. yeah, of course. So I do wonder if you know, like, there's that whole thing of like how much geek 
more can you be put into? You know what I mean? And like that would be like them mm-hmm. trying to take Nathan Fillion, and we're gonna make him, we're gonna make him the new Han Solo. And it's like, well, he's already played that character. You know, I thought he would be great, <laughs> yeah. obviously, as Nathan Drake, but that's because Nathan Drake looks like him. Like the fucking character in the video game looks like not Nathan Fillion. Yeah, not uh, Nathan Drake. It's uh fucking whatever the character's name. The dude is. from Uncharted. From the, uh, from the Uncharted movie. The guy yeah, from Uncharted movie. games. Yeah, yeah. Was it Nathan yeah, Drake? Yeah, I thought it was Nathan Drake. Yeah. I okay, so, so maybe I'm right on that. So, so, so <laughs> he's even named after him. But, I mean, this is, this is the, <laughs> the character, literally. The build of the original character is Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. Like, everything about it is Nathan Fillion. It's like they made this video game with Nathan Fillion in mind saying, hey, one day, if this is successful, we're going to make a movie, and guess who's going to be in the role? Nathan Fillion. Come they on. even made a fucking fan fucking movie that was actually <laughs> not even that terrible with him in it, because you know what? Everybody was like, God damn it, make this fucking movie with this guy already. But no, we got what we got with Tom <laughs> Holland, and I mean, you know, look, it, it wasn't as bad as what? it could have been, nor was it great. Oh, you saw it? Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 I yeah, saw yeah. the movie. Yeah, I just thought, like, okay, you got Mark Wahlberg, uh, flip the script, you know, have him play Nathan Drake, and have Tom Holland play like a kid that's, like, going inside him. I don't know. I was just thinking, I just don't see Tom Holland being that character. It's Nathan Fillion or nothing. It's getting, you know, it just made no sense. He yeah. just looks like a teenager. Yeah, he looks I, like he's 17. I'm like, that's not Nathan Drake. <laughs> he's like, oh, you know, okay, go on picture. You know, here, the, the thing that I will give Tom Holland is this. When doing some of the action sequences, because I've seen Tom Holland play Spider-Man, I can find it plausible. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, okay, look, you just went, you know, jumping over a banister and crashed through a table. And, you know, seeing Nathan Fillion's old ass do that, like, you know, at this point, what they were trying to do is they want to make him younger, obviously. They're they're trying to appeal to a younger crowd with the movie Mm -hmm. series. And, you know, they want to get girls in the seats too and guess what women like Tom Holland so because he's an uh, attractive young man um, if they like and, that and I will I will, I, will I will give him credit for the Uncharted movie because he fucking busted his ass you know during that movie do, do, actually doing the stunts be, being there 100% and also uh, behind the scenes being a huge huge team motivator for the entire cast and crew while they're trying to shoot through COVID and just trying to do a great job of, you know, keeping a positive attitude while filming through all that bullshit. That being said, the movie wasn't great. The movie was okay. <laughs> but Tom I, Holland, I, you know, I still have yet it, to see it. I want to see it, but I have yet to see it. So <laughs> I, I, have it. I just haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I, I have it. I, I just haven't watched it yet. Uh, you know, so... Got to get around to it. Like I said, the trailers look good. I just I was like, ah, I don't know. It's Tom Holland. I mean, I, I like him as Spider Man, but I don't know about Nathan Drake. So we'll see what. But you it's, know, it's it's pretty course, much uh, Indiana Jones wants to be Tomb Raider. <laughs> yeah, but I'll that's that. that's the video um, game too. You know what I mean? Like that's that's exactly what the game yeah. was. It was like, oh wow, you took Indiana Jones and Tomb Raider and you put the two of them together, and here we go, great storyline. <laughs> yep. So, um, did you guys check out the Gen V trailer, the spinoff for the boys? Fuck yeah, I did. 
Oh, Unfortunately, I ran out of time. I ran out of time. I'm sorry. I had to work. You late. ran out of three but, minutes. You didn't have three <laughs> minutes to dedicate, man. What kind of professional are you, monkey? It's been out for a couple of days. So, well, that's all right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll talk about it when the, the, the dean is back. I'm sure the dean has thoughts on it, too. So I'll save it for them. Um, well, I'll definitely so watch it by that. <laughs> so I, I have some, yeah, I definitely have some horror things to talk about as we move away from superheroes and Indiana Jones. Um, so speaking about Christmas, as the season is upon us. Oh, wait, that's right. This is a horror show, isn't it? My bad. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so with the, the season of Christmas upon us, of course, Amityville, the IP that never stops giving. You could literally Yay. put Amityville on fucking anything, <laughs> and you could make a movie out of it. They recently had Amityville Thanksgiving, which had nothing to do with Thanksgiving, but they slapped the fucking Thanksgiving on there, and they gave it to us. But really, right now, I want to talk about the Christmas special, which is called the Amityville Christmas Vacation Movie. It did not. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. It did not. It was kind of like the retelling of the DeFeo murders. And that was really about it. So I didn't understand why they called it a Thanksgiving movie because it had nothing to do with Thanksgiving. There was no killer turkey. But anyway, so there is a Amityville Christmas Vacation coming out, which is now available in all VOD outlets. It's a 47-minute movie that is a wacky parody of both the Amityville movies and romantic Christmas movies. In the movie, Wally wins a trip to Amityville, and his antics lead to a ghost falling in love with him. Can the spirit of Christmas bring them together? Question mark. So, yes, you can actually watch Amityville Special now. Yes, that is a plot. (laughs) You can watch that now. It's only 47 minutes. I watched it. It's fucking great. It's just so fucking cheesy and bad. But it's Amityville. It's always going to be the IP that delivers because you can just slap it on anything. Oh, man. It's just like, Ebenezer, you're going to be visited by three ghosts, and they all want to get their scrumping on. (laughs) Yeah, instead he gets a trip to the Amityville house and he falls in love. So good for Wally. Um, it's, it's 47 Did he fall in love with watch. the voice in the walls? He falls in love good with the spirits out. in the house. And she's just good like, out. oh, hey, I'm in love with you. He's but like, I love no, you. Yeah, no. There's plenty of that. Um, there is so much um, of that. This is, and, this is getting complicated. <laughs> you need to leave. But I <laughs> yeah. love you. We just, bitch, we just met. Get out. Your Why can't we be together? To get out. <laughs> <laughs> you got to stay tuned for Amityville, the New Year's Eve special, to find out what happens to Wally. Because I guarantee that's coming. Because we still have Amityville in space to watch. At least I have to watch it. <laughs> that movie's still coming. Amityville in Yeah, I was going to say. Last time on Amityville so, Space. <laughs> yeah. Last time on Space. Oh my God, we're haunted in space. <laughs> yeah, I just I can't wait to see it. It's so weird. Space. Um, then 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 fucking Jason and Leprechaun show up and they're like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? We heard it was a space movie. <laughs> well, here's the thing, you know, like they should just take the Amity house, right? And they could just have it floating through space. And like that's what happened. Know, oh, like like, 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 oh, like the like the Thor. <laughs> that's what happens in the Wait. trailer. It goes into space. Really? Oh wow! Did Vin <laughs> Diesel's did did Vin Diesel shoot it up there on a, a Fiero? Is that how it got No, up? it gets sucked up in the space. A portal opens up and it gets sucked into space. 
yes. The house Float, is literally floating through space. space. Yep. So it's like lost in space, but Amity edition. Yep. <laughs> it is. It I really might, is. Hold on, my brain's breaking. <laughs> it's a little so flustered now. He's like, wait, I can't, I can't wrap my head around this absurdity. What's this one called? Amityville in space. Amityville in space. I will watch this movie, okay? I have not seen, I will tell you right now, I have not seen an Amityville movie other than, didn't we cover one of them recently on the show? Uh, I'm sure we covered the original. Okay, so so if not that, then I might have watched the, the remake once within the last, like, I don't know, 10 years or so. And, like, I have not seen, like, the original, unless we covered it for this show, I have not seen the original or any of the other Amityville movies in a very long time. As far as the sequels go, I'm pretty sure the last sequel I saw was Amityville 3D. Um, I did see in 3D. Um, I do remember seeing that in theaters as a kid. Uh, but aside from that, yeah, that's that, that's about it. So, yeah, Amityville in space will be my, uh, yep. my, my, yeah, my exploration into this world of Amityville sequels. I cannot wait to Just see this house the trailer. in space. Thank you. <laughs> Just sent you the trailer to check out. Amityville you love me. Space. Thank you. I do. I really do. That's my Christmas gift to you. Amityville in space. <laughs> you get to check out what that trailer is all about. Um, so, yeah, another IP of, of Amityville. Um, the Dean uh, recently talked about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house in Kingsland, Texas, and about how it got bought by new owners. And the new owners decided that they're going to keep it on point with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They have no plans on changing anything. They actually want to restore it a little bit and then make it into a new restaurant, which they are planning on calling Hooper's to honor oh, Toby sweet. Hooper, the director of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So it used to be called the Grand Central Cafe, and they are planning on calling it Hooper's to Very honor. Cool. So I thought that was really fucking cool. You know, to keep the honor alive of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and to have it called Hooper's, uh, I, I just, I loved it. So I wanted to give you an update on that. Um, I know we've been talking about it recently. Um, and, Ghoul, this might actually interest you. Uh, Showtime officially announced that Yellow Jackets is going to be having a second season that will premiere on March 24th, 2023. And they actually released a nice. teaser to announce it. I can't wait. I love Yellow Jackets. Thanks for your recommendation because uh, you're the one that recommended we, it. To me, and I felt well yeah, no, you, are, you are welcome. We, we absolutely loved it. And, yeah, I would have been surprised that they not – you know, been bringing it back. I mean, it seemed to me that at least everybody that I know who saw the series, you know, had nothing to say about it other than just fantastic things and loving every minute of it. You know, the performances are great. Yeah. The actors and actresses that they, they have playing the, the characters are, are, are doing phenomenal. Um, yeah, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see where this story is going to go. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a little lacking in the finale, but otherwise it was a great fucking ride, you know, all the way into that finale, which I felt kind of it was a little flat, but I just I'm ready for a second season, so I have to wait until March uh, when it comes back. I, I, I think it's one do. of those where they were kind of like, you know, hey, do we blow our load and <laughs> and 
put it all out there, but then maybe be a little little lighter as far as what they might pull out in the second season. I feel like they held things back under the hopes that they were going to have another season come in, you know? It's risky. It is, because, you know, you very well could have been yeah. like, well, the whole yep. fucking series was great, except for that end. Well, we don't want to see any more of it now, and then they don't get that second season, and then, you know, we end up having something like fucking, you know, like... Twin uh, Peaks. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Twin yeah, Peaks. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say uh, Serenity, you know, with uh, with all that. So, well, Twin Peaks was good. I mean, I I know that the monkey didn't do the return uh, all the way through like I did, but uh, you know that return was really well, fucking good. Well, I was I was talking about Twin Peaks season two, you know, of the original series, but yeah, then Serenity, oh, well, that, where yeah. it's like you know. Yeah. You know, we, we want the series to continue, but we're going to give you a movie that's going to answer all your questions, but it doesn't really answer any questions. Instead, it just rips off Marvel Comics some more, and here you go. <laughs> oh. I mean, well, again, it was just yeah, Whedon. Yeah. Whedon, yeah. you remember, they, they really weren't going to give him anything for it. You know what I mean? Whedon kind of pulled a lot of shit together on his own to, to get that movie made, just to at least give us something to, to end it, you know? So... I'll take I'll take that over them just having the fireflies end the way that it did and us never knowing, you know. Well, and yeah. even to Monkey's point with Twin Peaks, uh, David Lynch never wanted to tell you who killed Laura Palmer. He wanted it to be the yeah. ultimate mystery. Like you're never going to find out who did it. The studio ABC was like, you have to, like you have to tell us who did it. And he's like, I don't want to, and they're like, you have to. So he did, and then they wanted the second season. He's like, well, I don't really have anything else to say. I'm kind of done. I, I, I did what I wanted to do. I could try, but all he wanted to do was firewalk with me. He's like, I'd rather make a fucking movie. Because with a movie, I'm not encumbered by the studio. I'm not encumbered by being on cable. I could do whatever I want. And that's why I kind of love firewalk with me, not so much season two of Twin Peaks, where they're just like, we have no more story. So we're just going to be as fucking wild as we want to. Like, we'll just do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it made no <laughs> fucking sense. Because the mystery was solved. So what are you going to do? Well, we'll have just new stories with these characters. It's like, yeah, it just went nowhere. So that's why season two is kind of a, a bad season. Well, it was enc- like season two was encumbered, not because it was on cable. It was because it was on regular television. You know, so it's not that's like right, he had yeah. any ABC, like yeah. if it was on USA or HBO or anything like that. You know, so he was ha- stuck with what he could get by with on regular television. But then... Well, shit, then, come fire you know, yeah. of me. But then fire of me, all oh, better off in that <laughs> yeah. motherfucker. Yo, holy shit. First 15 minutes, oh, bam. Know, right, there, right there in the bar. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, when she's getting the, the guy to go down on her in the bar, I'm like, okay, yep, David Lynch just has no censors. So it's just going to go all the way off on War Palmer and show you how fucking crazy that this show can get, you know, this, this uh, story can get, I should say. But yeah, with season two, he just he was like, well, I'll just have uh, Wyndham Earl show up, and that's uh, Cooper's nemesis, and he's going to show up and kidnap his girlfriend, Heather Graham. <laughs> yeah, he he had nothing. Yeah, <laughs> him I, and Mark uh, Frost were kind of just kind of cornered. I, I, I I'm not one for it. I know there are people who are who, who always say this shit, you know, when they're on Facebook and all that stuff, and they're all like, oh, I, mm. I have never ever watched an episode of this show, and I'm so proud of myself. Uh, yeah, I've I've never ever seen an episode of, of Twin Peaks at all. I have like zero idea of any of the characters yeah. or anything about it. It's just something I just never never got around to watching. I'm wondering if you actually would like it. 
I'm actually kind of curious if you would actually vibe on Twin Peaks. You might. I don't know. Like, I don't want to say that you would. I wouldn't recommend it and say watch it. I just, if you ever just stumble across it one day, I kind of want to have your thoughts because it is a interesting show. Season one. Like, if you just watch season yeah. one and don't watch season two, I think it'll be okay. And then watch the movie, Firewalk With Me. Yeah, yeah, thank you. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because the weird thing is, like, King and I both love Twin Peaks, but we love it for different reasons. Because King loves the yeah. David Lynch part of Twin Peaks, and I love the David Frost part of it. You know, so Mark Frost. we both like this. Yes, thank you. Um, we both like the series, but we both like it for different parts of it, and then we just kind of meet in the middle with the fucked upness that is Twin Peaks. <laughs> Yeah, because they had the return back in 2017, and it was like a huge event on Showtime. Like, we're actually getting a new season of Twin Peaks, and I enjoyed the whole thing, but it was very David Lynch. Like, it was very yep. all David. Like, it wasn't a lot it of It was thought. only David Lynch. That was the problem. It was <laughs> yeah. only David Lynch. <laughs> yeah, especially episode seven, where it was just a David Lynch Fuck! <laughs> and you're like, yeah, oh, I'm my done. God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember us talking about that episode, and you're like, fuck it, I'm out. <laughs> like, David did an episode, <laughs> and I don't get it. And I was like, all right, well, I mean, I stuck with it, and yeah, I mean, it's, I enjoyed it. But, you know, David Lynch is one of those directors. You either get it or you don't. I mean, I love Blue Velvet, Wild at Heart, Eraserhead. Like, you know, a lot of his movies, are just they stick with me. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So to cool. say, I, I, have, I, have, I have yet to see Eraserhead, so. <laughs> you have, well, I'm going to have to lend you my copy. I have my DVD. You'll have to watch it sometime. It's, it's fucking weird and bizarre, and just, it's very Lynch. But, yeah, like I said, Google, watch season one, watch Firewalk with me, the movie, and you'll be fine. Just don't watch The Return or uh, season two if you want to no. get the full experience. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And we'll see if you get to it. Um, so moving on from that, uh, Frank Grillo, who was in Purge election year, which we covered. It was a goal pick. He is going to be starring in a movie called The Resurrection of Charles Manson. Releasing on-demand and on-digital outlets on February 16, 2023, the plot details involve a couple that go to the desert for a romantic weekend and shoot an audition for a role in an upcoming movie. Their holiday quickly turns deadly as they are the target of a cult who's carrying on evil beliefs and murderous practices of the Manson family. The cult believes they can resurrect their leader, Charlie Manson, through a human sacrifice. I saw that and I was like, I fucking want to see this movie so bad. <laughs> I just want to see what it is. You know, anything Manson, I'm in for. So I would love to see what results in this movie. And plus, Frank Rillo, again, I'm a huge fan of him. So <laughs> anything that he's in, I'll see. <laughs> but having Manson in it is even better. Like, I would love to see if they actually do it and there's a CGI Manson. Like fucking Star Wars. Like, hey, I'm here. Hey, all right. Let me jump my help together. Oh, right. <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm, I'm going to play a song. <laughs> I'm going to play a song. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the times they are changing. Like, oh, is that all he's gonna do? He's just gonna play the guitar? Yeah, all right. Let's talk about another one of mine. All right. You know, we we're having fun, all right? It's like, oh, gonna get well. spooky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> are you gonna lead us, Charlie? No, well, I'm not gonna lead you. I just want to talk about my songs. I, you know, ever heard? I'm gonna. Li- I'm, I'm gonna lead you in a chorus of, my, of one of my songs. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Hell yeah. Come on, everybody, let's talk about this. Who doesn't have an STD? <laughs> Look at your game, girl. This is not what we signed up for, Charlie. Well, I didn't Man. actually kill anybody. That's what they told you I did. I didn't kill anybody. It was all Sadie. It was all them. I didn't kill anybody. 
All right. Well, all right. So, Wait, should we so, contact Sadie then? <laughs> freaking me out, man. Your Charles Manson is sounding a little bit too much like Jerry Garcia. <laughs> Jerry Garcia wasn't that mad. Jerry Garcia was more laid back. He wasn't like Charles oh, Manson. Like, what, what do you want to see? You want to see that? You want to see that? I got to look at it again. Come on, let's see. So is it. Like, he was all just over the place. Jerry Garcia was more like laid back. He's like, all right, man. I'm going to play a song Dude. for the next 25 minutes. So right, enjoy Dude, okay. Now imagine Quentin Tarantino doing an interview of Charles Manson and how fucking manic that would fucking be. David Lynch showing Charles Manson biopic? No, oh, be a no, I said, no, I said Quentin Tarantino interviewing Charles Manson. Oh, the two of them just bouncing oh off of each other's fucking... <laughs> oh my God. You would feel like you were on just... speed. <laughs> cocaine the entire time. Like, all right, so I'm here, and, and, and Charles, I just want to talk about Easy Rider. Easy Rider came out around the time that you were around. I mean, it was just like, it was wow, man. Like, you know, just did you even understand? He's like, yeah, man, I understood it. I understood it all right. It was a good movie. You know, Dennis Hopper, he did a lot of cocaine during that movie. He directed it. Yeah, he did. He did direct it. He did direct it. And did you know that Peter Fonda was in that movie, too? Oh, yeah, man. I know Peter Fonda was in that movie. I even saw him on my ass one time. Oh, did you? Like, it was <laughs> fucking <laughs> frenetic. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I, that's insane. I would love to see if that could happen. Just them going back and forth. Yeah, let me tell you about another movie that I saw. I was back in 1973. Yeah, I remember that, 73. I was in jail at the time. But you know what? I, I, I was just rocking and rolling, man. Yeah, no, you were. You were. You were in jail the entire time. I'd love to do a movie with you. All right. I would love to do a movie with you, Quinn. All right. Kill Charles. Volume one. Uh, uh, yeah, the more I think about it, the more I want it to happen, but it'll never happen. Charlie's dead. <laughs> We're never going to get that. Um, so a movie that I loved last year that I still want to make a pick one of these days is Ghostbusters Afterlife. The, you know, the relaunch of the Ghostbusters series where they retconned Ghostbusters and not Ghostbusters 2. So the announcement came out that Gil Keenan is going to be directing Ghostbusters, the sequel, and it's going to be filming in early 2023. Most of the original cast is going to be there, uh, and they're going to return. So I know Carrie Coon, uh, Paul Rudd and the, the kids are attached to play their characters starting in early 2023. So we'll see what happens. No plot details yet, but I'm going to assume they're going to New York. Um, but so we'll see. I'm well, just, I'm yeah, excited. with the with the clues that were left in the first movie, yeah, probably. Yeah, and, and we'll end up talking about it, I'm sure, at some point, because I do want to talk about the movie as a full. I know we, we've talked about our thoughts about it, but I'd love to give it a talking therapy breakdown. So one of these days we'll have to do it. Um, this is actually for the monkey uh, because we've talked about the Killer Clowns from Outer Space video game that's going to be coming out soon for the next-gen mm-hmm. systems. Uh, news came out that there are going to be a group known as the Lackeys. There are going to be clowns that are computer-controlled, and they are helping the clowns who help hunt the humans and hold them down to make it easier for the clowns to kill. So I just I kind of thought that it was cool. There's a new design for the Lackeys. I put it on the Talking Terror Facebook page. So you could check out the new design of the new clowns, the lackeys, which are going to be helping out the killer clowns as they hunt down humans and put them into their cotton candy cocoons. Yeah, but, and I, I, I'm all excited about any expansions they can do here because, again, we're just talking about the killer clowns from outer space. And it doesn't even have to be the original cast of the clowns. You know, it's all, you know, in my opinion, it's always been 
a whole race. You can always bring in new characters, new designs. You know, it it doesn't have to be limited to just the original film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I just like they're expanding the lore for the video game, and and I'm hoping that it does well. Um, You know, I can't wait to watch the videos when it comes out and seeing how people play it um, and seeing if people enjoy it. Uh, That's one of those movies um, I love. You know, I know, Monkey, you're a huge fan of it, too. You even have the Cotton Candy Gun, which is awesome. Yes, I do. Sitting on your shelf at home. (laughs) You know, you have it. Um, So the Dean had brought up a movie called Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey which makes the classic children's <laughs> character into a bloodthirsty killer. But that's not the only character, guys, that's going to be going to the world oh, no. of horror. Because it was announced oh, that the oh, director no. of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, is producing a horror movie featuring Bambi called Bambi the Reckoning. Finding inspiration using Netflix's The Ritual, Bambi will be a vicious killing machine that works in the wilderness following her mother's death. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, I fucking love this. <laughs> I love the fact Her. that they're doing it. When is Bambi a yeah. girl? I thought Bambi was a girl. Is it, is Bambi's it a, a male. Yeah, Bambi the man. I'm just going up what I thought. I thought Bambi was a girl. <laughs> no. I didn't see Bambi. Okay, just because you've met lots of strippers named Bambi, the actual deer, the actual cartoon is a guy. <laughs> I met a stripper named Thumper one time. I didn't meet a stripper named Bambi, and Thumper was awesome. But never met one named Bambi. <laughs> but, yeah, but then uh, uh, piggybacking what you just said, then there's also the news about them, you know, uh, along with Winnie the Pooh, along with Bambi. Now someone is going and taking the Grinch and turning that into a horror movie as well. And they're calling that, oh, I yes, think, the, the, <laughs> they're calling that the mean one. The mean one. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. At, at, and the dude who played Art the Clown is supposed to play the Grinch in this movie. Yeah, David Howard Thornton is going to be playing the Grinch. So I was like, you know, that one I'll actually watch. <laughs> the makeup actually looks good, oh, you know, on him. And I was like, I'm going to watch that Winnie the yes. Pooh movie. I have dev- and I love Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> and, you know, I do, I do understand so do why I. people are going to be all upset about it. Um, yeah. But you, but you know what? I'm going to watch it because that trailer looked so like bad in so many oh, good yeah. ways that I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm there for it. I really am. You know, it's it's about time Christopher Robin got what he deserved. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. I was so happy when I saw it. And the fact that people are losing their fucking minds over it, uh, I was like, it makes me want to see it even more. These people are like, oh my God, how could you do that? And like, no, it's fine. It's awesome. <laughs> I want to see it. I want to see Winnie the Pooh going on fucking Killing Massacre. Because, you know, Billy Robbins you know, gave up on him. So I can't wait for that movie. Um, Christopher Robin. The last thing I want to talk about. <laughs> I, I don't know. I forget <laughs> these names. I know it's Robin something. I don't know. I B- B- Billy it, Robin. <laughs> blind. Billy Robin blind playing on the keyboard. It's Jimmy Robin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Hey, I thought Robin that was Hood. the guy that gave the inspirational speeches. That's not him, though, right? The fucking dude that gives the inspirational speeches, that's Tony Robbins. Okay. So yes, we're that's back it. on track. Yes. All right. So this distant cousin of Christopher Robin. <laughs> so uh the last thing I want to talk about uh is a werewolf movie that's gonna be coming out called Operation Blood Hunt. And it follows a prolific expert of the occult and whiskey, the Reverend, who accompanies a ragtag group of military rejects to a remote South Pacific island to investigate the disappearance of Marine units stationed there in nineteen forty four said to be at the hands of the Japanese Imperial Army. 
Upon speaking with the island's inhabitants, the group soon discovers the Marines have actually been massacred by a group of lycanthropes, known to most as werewolves. So the filming just wrapped in Thailand, and this film will feature custom-built werewolves with fully animated faces, all done by remote control. And that's what caught me. I was like, so they are going Sweet. all practical with these werewolves. I was like, okay, yep, that won me over. So we're going to have World War II and werewolves. I was like, okay, that's kind of fucking cool. So no date when it's going to be released, but the filming just wrapped. So, you know, I will update you once I find a release date for this movie. But Operation Blood Hunt sounds fucking great. <laughs> you know, I'm not a huge werewolf fan, but that sounds fucking awesome. It actually kind of reminded me of the scene in American Werewolf in London where the werewolf Nazis burst down Flash, the door flashback. of Dayton Allen's character. In American Werewolf in London, yeah, the dream sequence. Yeah, Not yeah, flashback. sorry. The, the yeah, yes, the, yes, uh, the bad dream sequence, yes. Yes, where the, the werewolf Nazis bang down his door and kill his whole family and him you know, with a knife shot. I was like, yeah, I want to see that. I would love to see Nazi fucking werewolves, just like the Rob Zombie fake trailers, you know, Nazi werewolves of the SS, which I still wish you would make. Because Nick Cage is Fu Manchu. Yeah. Hell yes. But do we really want to see him do something like that? Do we really want yes. to see yes. Rob Zombie make a new movie? Yes. <laughs> if that movie, movie, yes. <laughs> yeah. Werewolf Woman of the SS? Bring it the fuck on, man. <laughs> I'm there for it. First day. I'm in the front row. Because that movie, when I saw that trailer in the Grindhouse movies, I was like, why isn't this a movie? Like, I, I get it. He wants to do the Munsters, but come on, man. Just like Eli Roth. Make Thanksgiving, man. Give us that slasher. <laughs> We're waiting on it. So, Thanksgiving. Yeah, we'll see when it happens. <laughs> Arrive hungry, sleep stuffed. White meat, dark meat, all be served. Fucking that body on the Perfect. table. God. Oh. Fucking fantastic. Then that cheerleader doing the splits on the trampoline when the knife comes up, and she just lands coochie first on it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. no, I, just, I, I love I can't wait for that to be a movie but anyway so we are going to get on to the movie tonight which is The Omen the 1976 Richard Donner directed movie this is the Ghoul's film pick of the week so Ghoul want to hit us with a plot synopsis what you thought about it and we'll kick this thing off The Antichrist um, and, and that's pretty much the synopsis for, uh, for, for The Omen uh yeah, I mean, it's 1976, The Omen. I mean, if, if you're a horror fan, chances are you've seen this film. Uh, at the very least, you know of the film and you know what it's about, mm-hmm. which, as I said, it is the Antichrist. And being that Christmas is, is right around the corner, you know, everybody's going to be talking about, about Jesus. But you know what? Sometimes you've got to give some love to that, that sibling that might not be the best you know, human being in general, you know, maybe, maybe he does some naughty things, you know, maybe, maybe he wants to bring about the end of the world and not forgive everybody's sins, but instead make everybody sin. And yes, I am talking about, you know, Damien, the Antichrist. So, or at least, you know, in this film, he's, he's a little bit too young to be getting into all that, but, but he will get there eventually. <laughs> um, oh yeah. I saw this movie as a kid, you know, so somewhere in the eighties, you know, watched it on probably on television and, uh, and yeah, you know, this this is one of those movies that is a it sticks with you. You know, like especially coming up in that time and yeah, there's just like this atmosphere of believability 
within how this film is mm-hmm. presented, it kind of feels like a very serious movie. It's taking itself very serious. And, you know, you just kind of like, oh, fuck, the end of the world is here. This little kid's going to do it, and, and we're fucked. Um, but, but yeah, so, so that, I, I love this movie. I am a big fan, you know, so, so if you want to know what I think about it, that's what I think about it. I really enjoy the fucking omen. Awesome. So, Monkey, your first time, you're the virgin. What do you think about the omen? Oh, yeah. So, checking this movie out. First time, I'm just <laughs> chilling on the couch, you know, with my stem pack going on, shocking the hell out of my spine while I'm trying to watch this shit, you know, going on. Diva walks in, she's like, the omen? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, what made, what made you watch this? <laughs> I was like, the pick of the week. And I've never seen it before. She goes, how the hell have you never seen The Omen? And she was like, wait, wait, wait. wait. So you're actually watching this for the show? You're watching a real movie for the show? So she obviously didn't pick this movie, did you? I was like, no. The gold picked this movie. She was like, holy shit, you guys are going to have fans this week. You're covering a movie that people fucking know. And she was like, and she plopped down on the couch. She was like, she was like, oh, my God, this is such a fucking awesome movie. <laughs> and sat down and watched the entire movie with, with me. And, yeah, it's – yeah, this movie, holy shit. This movie's so fucking good. <laughs> it really is. Hey. Like, it's like now I can see why it's like this is considered just the classic that it is. Is It's scary. It's suspenseful. But at the same time, it messes with you because it doesn't it, – well, it goes there, but it doesn't go past there to make you be like, oh, okay, now we're going into the spooky, ghosty shit. You know, it's, it's all within a realm of believability where, you know, yeah, this could be happening or, you know, the, 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 you know, the mom could be going fucking crazy. E- either way, you know, and, you know, I, and it gives you that story from all those different viewpoints. And, you know, while at the same time, you, you know exactly what's going on. And, yeah, it's just, yeah, just really, really good, solid movie. Um, that being said, though, it's like I do have to admit, because, again, we're talking uh, 70, so like it was 75, 76, something like that. Um, yeah, 76. And, yeah, and it just really, really threw me off to see David Warner uh, you know the guy who plays Jennings, and just with that mod, that 1970s English mod cut, because I was like, "Oh, holy shit! You're the motherfucker from Tron! Holy shit! Look at you with hair! God damn!" You know, so you know, after I finally got over that shock, then yeah, the yeah, rest of the movie just fucking awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for making this a pick. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome, man. I, I am glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad that, you know, again, it's it's nice to, ha- to have somebody watching this for the first time. Now, I know, yeah, obviously, yes, David Werner, you know, a lot, lot of, lot of, lot of things, right? But, you know, it just never ceases to amaze me that he is Billy Zane's heavy in Titanic. You know, I think he's like, yeah, <laughs> Spicer Lovejoy or something like that, you know? Yep, it's Spicer just, Lovejoy. It's like one of those. You look at him, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, where do I know this guy's face? Where do I know this guy's face? And then I'm like, I'm looking through the filmography, and I'm like, oh, yeah, well, of course I know this guy. I've seen him in a ton of shit. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, he's the fucking guy from, uh, from fucking Titanic. <laughs> and but also the drama teacher from Scream 2. He was the one that taught Nev Campbell to appreciate uh, drama in Scream 2. 
So mm-hmm. it pops up every now and then. Um, but yeah, but uh, so, uh, so what do you think of this movie, movie, man? I mean, I've always been a fan of it, uh, you know, since I was a young kid when I was playing heavily on HBO back in the day. Um, and to resound what you said, Monkey, I completely agree with you. This movie is a horror movie, but it also has dramatic elements where it's not completely supernatural, where you don't see Damien's eyes start glowing red and all of a sudden people are dying. You know, it's kind of like, is it a coincidence, you know, that these people are dying, like, and Damien is evil. Like, why are the animals freaking out at him? You know, why are people afraid of him? You know, why is this woman so obsessed with Damien? Like, you don't really know. And, and that's why, you know, you have these characters like Kathy, you know, just kind of not knowing anything. And, of course, her husband knows the truth. He knows that it's not her kid the entire time. You know, he's just trying to live a happy life with her until these things start happening after his fifth birthday. So it's kind of a drama as well. Not just horror, but it's drama. You know, where it's a family breaking down into insanity. You know, just trying to figure out what the fuck is going on the entire time. You know, and Lee Remick plays it so fucking well in this entire movie. You want to follow, you want to believe her. Like, she wants to love her son, but at the same time, she's like... There's something wrong. Like, yeah, it's not kids normal. Fucked up. What's happening? <laughs> you know, of course, Gregory Peck, who had stepped away from acting for a while, did that. Yes, go ahead, Monkey. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. Is um, but when I was doing research for this movie, then I was fi- finding out stuff about the, the Omen curse and all the fucked up yeah. shit that happened so much while they were trying to make so this shit. movie. Yeah. There, I mean, there's a whole episode on Shudder right now of Cursed Films that talks about the Omen and about how all these strange things happen where people died. Uh, Gregory Peck's uh, plane was struck by lightning twice during the whole thing, you know, and he was trying to make this movie because he was trying to kind of make sense of his son's suicide that had happened years earlier. So right. he was trying to do this movie to kind of make sense of it because he had stepped away from acting. He was done. But then they kind of brought him back in for this because they were considering a lot of people for, for Robert Thorne, including Oliver Reed. Mm-hmm. Like, he was the top choice. And I was like, uh, yeah, you know, I when I think the, about it now, I was like, you know, yeah, go ahead, Mikey. Yeah, because I also saw that they uh, were looking at Roy Scheider. Um, yep. yeah, they were mm-hmm. looking at fucking Dick Van Dyke for the role. Yeah. And I think they went with the right way with, with uh, Gregory Peck. Like, I, I, I love oh, yeah. Oliver Reed. You guys know that. I'm a huge fan of Oliver Reed. I, just, I don't think he could have brought what Gregory Peck did. Because you could see Gregory Peck different, conflicted the entire time. It's a different energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yes, Gregory yes, Peck, yes. I mean, again, you know, obviously as a, as a kid, I'm introduced to Gregory Peck from, you know, to kill a mockingbird, you know. So, kill a mockingbird. So, <laughs> yeah. so automatically he he has – I mean, I, I saw this before I ever saw The Kill a Mockingbird. And, and you know, again, okay, like, right, you right. know, obviously watching this film, I can still <laughs> – you can get that – that you can get – I guess the only word to really use for it is there's a certain gravitas that yes. he has. A, pr- a president. There's a, certain res- yes. uh, there's a certain respect that he garners from the camera when you're watching him you can see him either emoting through his face his body language mm-hmm. he for all intents and purposes is the character i feel like you know with oliver reed anytime you see him because just like you i enjoy oliver reed but it's oliver reed you know i'm like okay it's <laughs> yeah. oliver reed yeah. it's not robert yeah. thorne it's oliver reed playing Robert Thorne. Yep. You know, this is 
for all intents and purposes, that is no longer Gregory Peck on screen. That is Robert Thorne. I am witnessing this 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 person go through all of this, and you know his like you said, his family is going through all of this. This is this is very much a suspense, a thriller, a horror movie. You know, there 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 was a lot of even from from like the background end of this film, like you know Richard Donner, you know who two years later would show us that a man could fly. Um, He really wanted to keep this movie ambiguous. He didn't really want you to know that Damien was or was not the Antichrist. Um, The studio and the screenwriter kind of kind of pushed it. They were like, "Yeah, listen, now this is how it was written. This is how you know we want want this to go. We want the audience to know that you know." And and I think you know. The, 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 the writer of the, the, the film kind of talks about how, like, uh, I was reading on an article somewhere where he was talking about that. Yeah, it, the, the, the idea of this film came up while they were busy having, like, a discussion about, like, the Bible and church things and, and of that nature. You know, I just find the year, it's just funny because, you know what, nowhere in any of these articles or anything that I read up about it doesn't really mention the one thing that you know was a fucking catalyst for this movie to get made and get written, which was 1973's The Fucking Exorcist. You know, that oh, yeah. movie comes out the same year that this guy has this bright idea to write a fucking movie about the Antichrist. Hmm. I wonder where that came from. You know, that, that whole thing gets, like, avoided in every article. It's like, how the fuck can you not draw that fucking line? But regardless... Oh. What, you know, this this is using the Book of Revelations. This is using, you know, stuff in lore that that you know is is ripe for this kind of stuff. You know, like I, I was a big fan of the Left Behind books. You know, and I'm not a mm-hmm. I'm not a Bible thumper by by any stretch. I don't read that kind of stuff typically, but like I do like the whole end of days idea, and you know this this, this the, notion of the some, stand. some 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 anti exactly yeah, you know some yeah. anti biblical figure who is going to rise and bring about you know the, the the idea that one person could be oh so powerful to bring about the end of the world is just like I don't know, it's just it fascinates me. Mm-hmm. So all right, so let's get into the movie itself. So we open up in Rome, where Robert Thorne, an American diplomat, is being taken to the hospital where his wife Kathy has given birth. We get a subtle voiceover telling us that the baby is dead. Robert later speaks to Father Spoleto as he has no idea how to break the news to his wife. Spoleto says, you know what, uh, you know, have a baby on the house, huh? Yeah, we give you a baby. You know, we give you a baby, it's going to be fine. You know, and he's like, well, no, Kathy wanted to have her own baby. He's like, oh, I want to just slide her. Just, you know, she's never going to know the difference. Just take the baby. And he's like, all right, well, so I guess I'll just go ahead and do that. So he, well, you he know, decides, okay, at, fine. At his house of pizza, he's got a coupon, you know, to- for every nine babies, yeah. he gets to give a tenth one of them away free. I'm going to bring a pizza, so protect the baby. So he asks, is there anything I need to know about the baby? And he says, ah, there's just no relatives, and the mom died giving birth. So here, you take out the baby. Have a fun. Like, you know, just go. Just it's have a fun. blessing for yeah, her. It's fine. And a blessing for the baby. Yeah. So we cut to a couple of years later, and Robert comes home with great news. He's been appointed to the U.S. ambassador of Great Britain. Everything seems to be going super great for the Thorns and their son, Damien. And, hey, we've even gotten an invite to his fifth birthday party, guys. 
And that's why David Warner, who was there to take pictures of the event, which includes a carousel, cake, clowns, and even a creepy Wattweiler, uh, which is also fun because Don't forget when you the read about it, the Rottweiler was super fun. <laughs> the piñata, Don't forget yeah. the piñata. So, <laughs> so what's going to make this grand finale of this party? Well, Damien's natty is going to climb to the roof of the house and jump off with only a noose. After all, it's all for you, Damien. And she jumps <laughs> off the roof of the house and kills herself, crashing through one of the windows. Some people freak out. Some people are like, you know what, this is fine. Like, I'm going to keep riding this carousel. I'm going to keep having fun. And could you just imagine the guests leaving that party? Hey, thanks for coming. Sorry you had to see our nanny commit suicide. Enjoy your gift bag. Like, oh, it's got some bags in there. <laughs> yeah. so, we eventually cut to Robert arriving at work the next day, and he's badgered by reporters over the nanny suicide. He ends up bumping into Jennings and accidentally breaks his camera. And he's like, don't worry about it. You'll just owe me a favor later. So once he's in his office, oh, introduced to Father that's, Brennan. That, that's how people get pulled into back. the mafia. That, that's, that's how <laughs> she gets pulled into the mafia. Except he's English, <laughs> so he doesn't say anything like mafia. He's like, yeah, it's all right. You just owe me a favor later. You know, so we get introduced to Father Brennan. With no time to spare, Brennan tells him to accept Christ into his life, take communion, because you have to defeat the son of the devil. And he tells yeah, Robert like, that he's at the dude. hospital. So Brennan witnessed the birth and begs him to listen to him. Robert calls off security and listens to him for just a little bit. And Brennan tells him that he saw Damien's mother. My wife. It's my mother. It's my wife. It's the mother. His mother's a jackal. And that's when the security enters the room and is like, all right, crazy father face. you got to leave. Like, you know, crazy <laughs> like, okay, take him out of here. <laughs> you know, so he ends up getting escorted out. So Jennings is outside and takes a photo of Brennan as he's escorted from the building. And later, while developing the photo, notices a strange black line going through Brennan's face and body. Foreshadowing? We'll see. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> we return to the Thorn home and are introduced to the new nanny, Mrs. Baylock. She ain't got no man. Mitch! She ain't got no problems. Just wants to go hang out with the little one for a little while. Is that okay? Uh, hey, Robert, did you find her? No, I didn't. Did you? No. Hey, Mrs. Baylock, where did you come from? Oh, well, the agency saw about the suicide in the newspaper, and they sent me. Everything's fine. Here are my credentials. Well, okay. Why don't you just uh, go ahead and hang out with Damien then? We're not going to look into anything. It's fine. Yes. Fucking satanic Mary Poppins. Get ready. Billy Whitelaw is so good in this, and we'll talk about it later, but Billy Whitelaw does such a good job as Mrs. Baylock. But she arrives at Damien's room and tells him to have no fear. She's here to protect him. And Damien's all like, hell yeah, can I get a hail me, motherfucker? I'm the Antichrist, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) But instead he just colors, and that's his whole thing. So that Sunday... Kathy and Robert want to take Damien to church, but Baylock would rather take him to the park. He's five. He's not going to understand what church is all about anyway, but Kathy's like, yeah, he has to go. So just get him dressed, and we're going to go. So they roll up to the church. Damien's hanging out wearing his old top hat, and just all of a sudden he sees the church. He's like, oh, fuck. Uh, Is it hot in here? God, it's like like really hot in here, guys. Like, you think we can kind of turn around the car? You know, and they're like, then, oh, no, Damien, it's fine. We're going to get to church. Then we cut to live footage of the, the king at his first communion. <laughs> you got it. Because that's exactly how I predicted it. 
I was just clawing at my mom's face going, don't put me in there. Don't bring me into God's house. That's not a good place for me. <laughs> of course, this happens, and they take him home. So they also discover that he's never been sick. He's never had a cold. He's never been, you know, just had anything. It's kind of strange. Maybe. So Robert soon discovers that Baylock has brought in a Rottweiler who's very protective of Damien. He's growling at the door, and he's like, I didn't say I wanted any dogs in here. And she's like, oh, I came in, and Damien kind of loves it, and it's going to be fine. He's like, get that fucking dog out of my house. And she's like, oh, fine, fine, but Damien's not going to be happy about it. He's like, I don't give a fuck about Damien's happiness. Get the dog out of my house. Like, you know, <laughs> I, just, I don't want it here. <laughs> so we, we cut to an undetermined amount of time, but Kathy decides to take Damien to the zoo. Just a fun day where nothing can go wrong. However, it turns out the zoo animals aren't exactly fans of the Antichrist. Meanwhile, Robert sees Father Brennan watching him as he's being driven to work, and they share a quick kind of meet-cute moment, but only passing one because they drive away. Meanwhile, back at the zoo, Kathy and Damien get assaulted by a bunch of fucking mad monkeys. <laughs> yes! I fucking love this This shit reminded me of the uh, the old Great Adventure Safari, man. I missed it. <laughs> yep. That's exactly totally. what I thought of, especially with the story you told last week, Ghoul. <laughs> it was like, oh shit, here's Ghoul taking his family to fucking Great Adventure. Here we go. <laughs> and just, oh my it, god, what's happening? And the bad ones are like, get the fuck out of here. Get out, get out, you know. And okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Drive out of here. So Kathy manages to get out of there, and she later tells Robert, I need to go see a psychiatrist. Like, things are wrong. And he's like, it's okay. It's okay. I love you. I love you. Like, well, like, I just, I love how he fucking knows the entire time that it's an adopted baby. But at the same time, he's never like, oh, I tell you the truth. Like, he's just trying to comfort his wife the entire time. Take her to a psychiatrist. We'll figure out what's going on. Um, But sometime later at a football game, it's actually a soccer game, because we're in England, right, Monkey? It's not Actually, football. it was a rugby game. Soccer. Actually, it was rugby. It was it was a rugby game. <laughs> that was, or it was soccer. That was that was, that was <laughs> rugby, bro. Since when did uh, they play rugby? Off so. soccer. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I just saw them kicking a the ball, and I thought it was soccer. I was like, oh, I'm you, so cool because I watch soccer. soccer. Now. You, you watch I soccer. soccer. You know that soccer at least. <laughs> I love football. You know soccer at least has a round ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like why <laughs> So at the at the rugby match, rugby correct, uh, Keith Jennings yes. is once again there taking photos of, of Robert as he's being confronted by Brennan. Brennan tells him, Meet me tomorrow at two PM and then you'll never see me again. Your wife is in danger right. and she'll die if you don't come. So Jennings snaps a few more photos and once again he notices a straight black line going through Brennan. So that's when Robert's like, Fuck it, I'll have to go and meet this guy, figure out what's going on. So Hey, uh, I just want to let you know your son Damien was born of a jackal, and he's the son of the devil. Big news, right? And he's like, I don't believe it. And Brennan tells him that he has to go to Israel, to the city of Megiddo. There's an old man, Bugenhagen, that knows how to kill Damien. Bugenhagen. Robert tries to interrupt him, but Brennan tells him that Kathy is pregnant, and Damien will kill the unborn child, then his wife, then Robert, receiving all the power he needs from Satan to take over the world. Robert's like, dude, you're fucked up, man. Like, all right, I listen to you. I never want to see you again. And Brennan's like, oh, no, Dude, don't worry about it. I'll see you again in hell. Like, <laughs> that he, 
the fact that he tells him you'll see me again in hell, and I was like, okay, that that's fucking heavy. <clears throat> so as Robert <laughs> leaves and he goes, all right, I'm done. A wind picks up, the rain starts to come down, and Brennan has to rush to find a nearby church where he goes to seek refuge. But instead of getting refuge, he gets the church spire right to the fucking body. And just you know, to see that pause of his body being hung by that fucking church spire. Nice. That's you what know, a Catholic church is. Oh. Yeah? Well, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's what a Catholic priest gives for trying to go to a Muslim church. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you might think, like, hey, maybe I want to approach this guy with a little less uh, intensity. Bravado? I yeah, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, like, listen, listen, mister, you know, I think you need to sit down here because I got some, some heavy things that we need to discuss, you know? And be like, look, first and foremost, I know the kid isn't yours, okay? So, so if you drop some details down early, you know, maybe Mr. Thorne is going to be a little more apt to, to listening to the point that you're like, oh, yeah, by the way, that kid that I know wasn't yours came out of a jackal, bro, and it's the fucking the most evil motherfucker on the planet. It's going to destroy the world, take all your shit, kill your wife, kill your new unborn baby that you didn't even know. Guess what? Your wife's pregnant, by the way. You know, surprise. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah, you know. Exactly. You know? Mazel tov. L'chaim, <laughs> the life. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like, uh, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe like kind of approach it a little bit different and it, you know, your result might have been a little bit better. But I guess what we find out, though, too, and it's kind of left, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you wish they might have expanded on it just a little bit or given a little bit of an explanation. But, yeah, he gets inspired. You know, not inspired, but just straight spired, like right through inspired. his body. Bam. Um, yep. And that was just a horrible and, shot with with that fucking spire, like behind. Oh, terrible. It's, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, listen. You know what they did? A, they do they do a shot for shot remake of this movie in 2006 with Liam Schreiber and uh, oh, Julia yeah, Stiles. You know, we yeah. Oh, really? It's, it's, I saw it's, theater. It's psycho. It's psycho level remake is what it is. We watched it. We yep, watched it 100%. as soon as we finished the first movie. It was like, oh hey, let's watch the remake. You know, just to kind of see how that was. And I was quite disappointed over the fact that it is a psycho level shot for shot dialogue everything they Nothing don't changed. expand anything yeah. they don't give you anything new they you know the only update is the fact that you're in 2006 as opposed to 1976 yep. um and yep. if you think this oh, shot wow. was bad monkey the animated version of the spire <laughs> that comes down so on the priest so they give it they give it a cartoon-esque POV shot from the Spire's oh, POV no. as it's oh, on its way down. 100%. Oh, 100%. they went rainy camp? They went rainy horrible. But I will give them this. The look of the priest, uh, played by Peter Postlewaite, po- po- that was how you say his name. Uh, Postlewaite, The yeah. look of the priest after being Spired was quite fucking impressive. So it was, much, it was a little more mm-hmm. splattery. Um, so, so, so that part. Oh, was okay. Really fun. But yeah, this, this again. They were not going for gore. They were not going for shock and awe with this film. They were making a serious movie, and uh, they're succeeding. Yeah. So, 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 so let's continue yeah. on this journey. Yeah, and 
I saw the Omen remake in theaters on June 6, 2006, 666. And I was like, I can't fucking wait, man. Like, it's 666. Like, you know, and I was like, oh, this movie's just psycho. This is done differently. So, you know, if you want to watch this, it's out there. Um, so Robert returns home, and Damien just being a little asshole, knocking around billiard balls and just yelling the entire time. So Kathy's like, can you get the fucking kid out of here? Like, Baylock, do your job. Like, get him out of here. I don't want to deal with him anymore. And, of course, Robert's like, well, he's just being a kid. Like, he's just having fun. So I don't give a fuck. Like, by the way, I'm pregnant, and I want an atomy. Like, I want an abortion. And he's like, well, wait a second. I don't think that's a good idea. And she's like, really? You don't think it's a good idea? I think it's a great idea. And he's like, all right, well, let's just, you know, take a second. You know, take a, take a second. My body, think my about choice, this. bitch. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag you too. <laughs> so he receives an anonymous phone call that tells him to look at the newspaper. And when he does, he sees that the front page news has Father Brennan's dead body on the front. And he's like, oh, shit, that's the guy I talked to. That's probably not good. Probably, you know, kind of a bad omen, if you will, <laughs> to bring back the title. Oh, So he later talks to Kathy's therapist who tells him that Kathy thinks Damien's evil. And he's just thinking that just nerves and that she should get the abortion as she wants. But Robert's like, uh, no, I don't think she should. I'm not going to tell you about Brennan, who said that you shouldn't because it's the end of the world. But uh, I don't know, probably shouldn't do that. So meanwhile, there's something to what Crazy Brennan was talking about the entire time. And we cut back to the house where Damien just decides, I'm going to ride my tricycle all over the house. Maybe I'll knock my mother down the banister. Maybe I won't. No, he does <laughs> And the funniest shot in the entire movie, I fucking love this shot, of when Kathy goes over the banister and you have that stop-motion shot of her landing on the floor. I'm like, okay. Like, how far did she fall? <laughs> it's supposed to be like a big shot where it's like, no, she kind of looks like she lands like two feet down and just bleeding out of the mouth. I'm like, no, she's okay. No, she's not, though. <laughs> we'll find out Well, she's very <laughs> much hurt. Yeah, they actually did a bunch of funky special effects to be able to do that shot just because she was really, really uh, wary about f- doing anything with heights, falling or anything like that after The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and she, it's a cool shot, it, but it's kind of funny. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's like it wasn't meant to be, but it's all, you know, it's almost like, you know, a Hitchcock shot, if you will. You know, it's like it it's is. almost yeah. there, yep. but... But but not quite. But then what I really found funny about that entire thing though was uh, the when the, the fishbowl fish falls and yeah and <laughs> the, the, the director oh, actually had a sardine. Yeah. No, but when the fishbowl falls and it's the goldfish, the director actually had sardines painted like goldfish because Arch. he didn't like the yeah. idea of <laughs> uh, of killing killing any animals for the sake of his movie. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Um, so Robert gets a phone call from Jennings, and he calls about the death of Father Brennan and invites him to his flat to show him some of the anomalies he found in the photos of Damien's first nanny and Father Brennan. He also shows a photo of Brennan's body, which has a symbol of a 666 on it, a birthmark apparently. So he takes Robert to where Brennan stayed, and it's covered in Bible passages and crucifixes. Jennings wants to help Robert because he took a photo of himself while he was investigating Brennan's home, and in the photo, there's a sharp black line going through his neck. So, could be oh, a moment. Shit. I want to play this to the end. I want to find out what's going on. So, they decide they have to go to Italy. 
And that's where the hospital was, where they found Daniel. Oh, sorry. I, I, mm-hmm. I wish they expanded on the fact that the father had the birthmark as well. You know, yes, I wish yes, they would yes. explain that a little bit better, because it's almost in passing that you'll later hear uh, Bugadagan, right. I think it is, who says that, you know, yep. that not only does Damien have it, but so do his apostles. Um, but, like, you know, as right. far as that goes, then, you know, is, like, and maybe this is something they'll bring up in the sequel. I have all the sequels. I have, uh, you know... I do too. Yeah. Uh, I know the fourth movie is like a made for television, <laughs> so they don't. Okay. So the say, like, is this a case in yeah. which do we have twelve apostles similar to Jesus? Um, like, or oh. is this just that? Like, no. If you're a heavy duty, you know, Satan Antichrist worshiper, you're gonna have this birthmark. Like, the fact that it was there it was like, you because know, like we also hear that you know the, the priest was riddled with cancer, he was dying anyway, so. You know, was that why he was trying to atone for his sin? Like, you know, we don't ever really know what the priest's sin was, per se. He's not the one that gives Thorn the child at the beginning. You know, we're going to see that guy in a little bit. So what was the original, like, what was the priest's sin? Like, was he just another worshiper? Like, we, I wish they would have given us a little bit of more information on the guy. That's all. I kind of took it as Father Stiletto and the others were satanic priests. Like, I felt mm. like they were Catholic priests, but they also worshipped Satan because of the 666. And I think that's what Father Brennan was trying to do. Like, he realized he was dying, and he was trying to atone for that. Like, he kind of felt like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have worshipped Satan. Like, I know I'm dying. You know, I should go back to God. You know, and this is why I have to do what I have to do. I have to warn everybody about this kid. Um, because when we later find out in Italy that the hospital burned down where Damien was adopted, and all the birth records are gone as well, five years ago. And they find out that Father Scaletto is now living in a monastery. And when they find him, he's pretty much half burned. And he can only use his left hand. And that's when he writes on a piece of paper about where Damien's mother is buried. So now they have to discover this old cemetery in Italy to find out what exactly happened to Damien's mother, what happened to Robert's son. So Roberts and Jennings traveled to the Roosevelt Cemetery that night. Jennings finds the grave and discovers that Damien's mother's grave contains the remains of a jackal. And the grave of uh, Thorne's son contains the remains of a baby, which skull has been crushed. So, obviously, these priests sacrificed Thorne's son. They killed him, and they gave Damien him to be the Antichrist. Uh, So, Father Spoleto, like I said, obviously has some satanic power. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's obviously Spoleto was dealing with Satan at a certain point. And at this moment, like when Peck, you know, uh, realizes, you know, uh, you know, oh my God, they killed my son. You know, it's just the look on his face and just the emotions that are going on. Like, holy fuck, they, you know, they killed my son. You know, <laughs> yeah. They they told me like he, you know, he, he died in childbirth. Yeah, it's like just to see that look on his face, and then for him to like you were saying, having to deal with real life trauma and then do this shit. It's like you know, damn man. <laughs> Someone definitely fucking showed up for work. But just to see yeah, that, and I that mean, again, baby it, skeleton in the grave, yeah. Good. To see the baby skeleton, to see, like, you know, the hole in the skull, you know, to and, and to, to realize that, you know? Like, that's one of those things that as a kid, 
You know, I think I re- like that was something that went over my head as a kid that they had killed his baby. I think as a little kid watching the movie, the second they opened that first grave and there was like dog bones inside of it, it was like I was still so busy being like, holy shit, Damien came out of a fucking dog? That like the idea that they actually murdered his son in order to place him with him, the fact that there was this bigger overarching conspiracy um, kind of just completely like it was something I missed. Um... That being said, you know, watching it now and seeing that here, like, yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's quite an intense moment, uh, and you realize that all of these things were put into play. But what I think would have been cool, and this is where I see Richard Donner's notion of making this all ambiguous, because <laughs> somebody turned on the TV. Yeah, somebody got to turn down the huh? on the TV. Wow, like, I hear a lot of noise. Oh. There's uh, a lot of TV noise I, I, in the background. So I'm in a, a lot of empty hallway. I'm in an okay. empty hallway. Well, now it's gone. No, it's gone now. Oh, like before, it was like there was a lot of like TV noise. <laughs> so I was trying to hear what the Google, so, what Google was saying. Uh, right. so, so, so anyway, my, 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 my quick point with it, right, was, is, is by keeping it ambiguous, right, you know, making this – that, that makes this scene even more intense because now yes, you really yes. do question, you know, did they make this all happen? Did they read these things that could be quote-unquote signs, you know, and said, hey, you know what, we need to do this now. This baby happens to be born on this date. You know, other than uh, obviously the – and even coming out of the jackal, being that we don't see the actual child come out of the jackal, all it is is conjecture. Right. It's somebody saying that a fucking human baby came out of a jackal. We don't know that for sure. You know, those are the, so what? There's jackal bones yeah. in the grave. Anybody could have put them there. Guess what? We're about to see four dogs roam around this graveyard. I don't know where those dog bones came from. Again, I know <laughs> yep. obviously they had the screenwriter wins, and, and, and we know that Damien is the Antichrist. But it is a fun, yes. entertaining thing that Donner was thinking of going with. The fact that the baby was born on June 6, 1976. So 666. That's when Damien well, no, was no. born of a jackal. No, 6 a.m. 6 a.m. They avoided going with the 76. Oh, okay. And, you know, I figured, I figured they would do that with the remake and, because it was right. 2006 and be like 666. But they avoided it with the remake as well um, because then you would have had to flash forward to 2011 in order for him to be right. five, you know? So, and I think that's the so thing we're yeah. trying to avoid here too. They really don't tell you like, you know, I, I don't think you ever really get a year for it because you don't know what year the, the film is really taking place. I mean, otherwise I guess the beginning would have been what? 1969, 1970. I would, Cause there was a movie poster yeah, that came out that said 71. he was born on, and there was a movie poster that came out that said he was born on the June 6th, 1976. So that's that's so what then I the rest that of this movie that's is movie taking place in eighty one. No, no, the movie poster. Hold on, the movie poster was the special promo posters they put out saying you are watching this movie on June sixth, nineteen seventy six. So you oh, are okay. watching so this movie on six six six. Yeah, that was for a special okay. premiere that they okay. did so, early before so, the worldwide release. Six, six, the fuck with all the. <laughs> six, 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 seven. Well, like, why do they six, ignore six, the six, seven? Yeah. 
<laughs> like, forget the seven. Yeah. We're just six, six, six. It's always a bicentennial. Like, that, that is anything. If you wanted to play with anything, you could have played with it being the bicentennial, you know? The Antichrist, yeah. you know, like, shows up in America, you know, or part of American history, you know, as, as you know, in the, the bicentennial year. I mean, he will in part three when he becomes the president. So, you know, stay oh, tuned shush. for the final Why spoiling things, man? I haven't seen, I haven't seen that movie again since I was a kid. I know it's got Sam it's Neill on the poster, in it, so I can't wait. Yeah, Sam Neill does an amazing job as Damien. I won't give you away any of the plot details, but it's fucking insane. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. Uh, but he does get to the presidency. Um, and I'll talk about that at the end, too, because there is a thing where in part two... They, and here the king just the said thing. he wasn't going to give away any plot details. <laughs> not I'm not. Plot details, but I'm going to give you... Not for part three, but, but he's going to tell me everything about part two. I'm only going to give you a little bit of it because it's, it's, it's weird. It's weird because they kind of give up in part one. Anyway, we'll get to it. Uh, so later, Robert calls Kathy and tells her that she needs to fly to Italy, but the only place she'll be flying to is through the fucking ground because Baylock <laughs> appears and throws Kathy out of the window, and she lands right into an ambulance dead. Evil dies so tonight. That's Robert... Evil dies tonight. <laughs> Evil dies tonight. And she crashes right through that ambulance, blood coming out through the mouth. And then Robert receives another phone call that Kathy threw herself out of a window and that's when he decides that he and Jennings need to go to Medigo and find out how to kill Damien. I just I love that scene, him laying in that bed where his face is to the camera, and he's like, Damien has to die. Like, you know, my wife is dead. I have no choice but to go to Medigo and kill Damien, you know, and he's just all for it. But we'll find out. Like, he, he's kind of questioning himself at a certain point. Uh, so Megiddo is actually an archaeological dig site, and it's pretty much completely underground. There, Jennings and Robert meet Bugenhagen, and he's been inspecting them, and Jennings is forced to wait outside as Bugenhagen has a lot to catch Robert up on, and Jennings doesn't need to be there. It's only about Robert and Bugenhagen. So Bugenhagen gives Robert seven knives. You have to kill him on holy ground. Daggers should form the holy cross. And then Bugenhagen tells him that Damien isn't human and that he will have the mark of the beast, 666, somewhere on his body mostly under his hair because Robert's like, well, I bathed him. I've been with him. There's no mark. And he's like, yeah, check under the fucking hair. And he's like, oh, and <laughs> so, yeah, you might want to, you know, get more of a haircut to check it out. So <laughs> later as they're outside of the giggle, uh, Jennings demands to know what he was told. Robert tells him that he was told to kill Damien, but he won't do it. Damien's just a bully. He tosses away the knife. He's, Jennings goes to retrieve them and tells Robert, if you won't do it, I will. He's not going to have to worry about that because Jennings ends up getting killed and decapitated by plate glass from a truck that has no fucking parking brake. And I Fan love this fucking scene when his fucking head goes flying off. <laughs> oh, so my good. God. Just the, ah, the fucking man. head spinning around. Like, it's just a great dummy Dude. shot, you know? <laughs> When did it happen? Like, I literally yelled, oh, my God, Argento money shot. (laughs) (laughs) The team just started fucking rolling. But, like, I was not expecting this at all because the rest of the movie, you know, we don't get anything like this. So when it fucking happens and it, it, you know, and, like, the ghoul was saying, you just have that head rolling and rolling. And I was just like, Holy fucking shit. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so fucking good. 
<laughs> and that now, was the whole thing with funny, Donner. Yeah. Yeah, good. Cool. Sorry, no, I was just real quick. What I was going to say is what's funny, too, is and it's not something I, like, realized, obviously, watching those films. But watching The Omen this time, I realized how much influence this movie had on the Final Destination movies. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Complete. Just because of the way that everything yeah. fucking happens, how everything is traced back to who's going to die, when they're going to die, the photographs, absolutely. The photographs um, but completely from to... Final Destination 3. <laughs> yep. Oh, complete rip. They took off the omen. Uh, but what Donner wanted to do was he wanted to have that truck with the parking brake go off. So you see the truck rolling down with the plate glass you know, mirrors on the back. And he wanted it to be so the audience would close their eyes because they were so scared of what was going to happen. So when they open their eyes, they're going to see a fucking head flying through the sky. <laughs> and that's exactly what fucking happened. And people fucking lost I, their shit. And then on top oh, of he that, lost his head. Uh, w- w- yeah, and <laughs> Warner kept that. Warner kept that head. He kept it forever. But then, yeah. like, like he had it as a prop forever <laughs> in his house. Divorced. But then. When he got, yeah, you see that too. When he divorced his wife, his wife won that in the settlement, and she got the severed head. <laughs> yeah. That's a mean bitch that wants to fucking divorce you <laughs> and then take that fucking severed head. Because, you know, she's probably putting that motherfucker on a pike somewhere at her new place. Oh, it's like, be... Yeah, bitch, you pay, you, you pay for all of this. <laughs> right out front. Next time, right out front. Next time scene. At the end of season one of Game of Thrones. Oh, oh wait, that was okay. George. Sorry, that was that was George Bush's hat. My bad. Oh, yeah, well, either one, it's fine. <laughs> either one, I would stand a bike. Um, so Robert uh, ends up going home alone, obviously because of Jenny's death. And when he gets back to his house, he's like, "All right, I got to find out if Damien really is the Antichrist." So he goes into Damien's room while Damien's asleep. Manages to lock the Rottweiler into the basement, so he's like, all right, one down. I'm good. So the Rottweiler in the basement <laughs> trying to claw his way back. And, again, like I said earlier, that Rottweiler was, like, the friendliest Rottweiler in the world, and they couldn't get it to be violent because it just wanted to fucking hug everybody and lick everybody. So, so like, we don't know how to make it evil. <laughs> you know? So we'll just try to have it, you know, knock on things and everything like that. But he gets to Damien's room with a pair of scissors and starts cutting away his hair and then eventually he finds a 666 on Damien's scalp, and he's like, oh, fuck. Like, this is, this is it. And did you, did you read about how Harvey Stevens, who played Damien, got the role to play Damien? Did you guys find that? Yes, I did. Because I found it <laughs> The fact that he was the one kid that kicked him right in the fucking balls, and he's like, all right, put this fucking kid in black hair. <laughs> Dye his hair. <laughs> you know? He kicked me right in the balls and did that. Uh, so once he finds out that Damien is the Antichrist, he decides to pick him up. He's going to take him to the church. He has to sacrifice him, but Mrs. Baylock isn't done. She flies into the room. They have a fight. He beats the fuck out of her. He knocks her down. You think that she's done, but she comes back later in the kitchen trying to do anything she can to stop Robert from taking him out, including having a knife fight with him. And then he eventually kills her with a barbecue knife and a kitchen knife. And, all right, I'm out of here. i got to take Damien to the church. <laughs> so he goes flying out of the church, with, flying out of the house, rather, with Damien. And a police officer is like, oh, wait, what the fuck is that? Uh, no, you got to stop. And he's like, all right, we've got to go after him now. I was like, okay, well, it's, it's, we've got to look out for Robert Thorne. He's crazy. 
He's insane. We have to stop him. He just kidnapped his kid. And I was like, okay, well, how did you get all that? All right. Maybe he's taking him. Yeah. Uh, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, you know like, hey, we got to find some, some way to wrap up that movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, him just coming, like, out of the driveway, and they're automatically, like, following. You know, like, I will, I, what I will give the uh, the remake is, is, like, you know, in the remake, the car is, like, going crazy throughout the driveway, crashing yep. into things, mm-hmm. and he goes crashing through the gate, you know, like, bursting through yep. it. So that's yep. why the police are, like, going to follow him, because, like, what the hell? You know, why, why is the... Why, why is the freaking ambassador's car come flying through the gate that way? Um, this one, yeah, it was just like all of a <laughs> yeah. sudden they were like, oh, hey, the, uh, the ambassador left, and uh, we're going to, uh, yeah, we're going to chase him. Like, Holy shit, we have to go. <laughs> I was like, he didn't do anything wrong. Like, he just drove out of the house. But, you know, Damien, you know, was kicking and screaming the entire time as Robert arrives at the church carrying Damien inside, and he places him on the altar and realizes this is the time I have to stab him to death with these knives. But unfortunately, the cops show up, and they're like, hey, ask me no questions. Bam, bam, bam. And shoot him. <laughs> <up again. laughs> He's like, okay. And I just love the slow motion shot of the nuzzle of the gun. <laughs> it's like daddy, you see the no, bullet come daddy, out. Daddy, no. <laughs> yeah. No, daddy, no. Yeah, and he's like, fuck <laughs> you, kid. You're not my kid. <laughs> my kid died. <laughs> You're no son of so, yeah, mine, I, damn you. Yeah, I, I do love that fact that he was saying, like, daddy, no, daddy, no, daddy, no. And he's like, yeah, I know who you are. Like, You're the Antichrist. I have to stop you. And, of course, like I said, the police come in. They shoot him dead. And then we cut to the funeral of both. Robert and Kathy Thorne at Arlington National Cemetery. Damien is adopted by Robert's brother, who also happens to be the president of the United States. And as people depart from the funeral, Damien turns to the camera and smiles, knowing that shit is about to get real satanic. And then we go, oh, hold on, hold on. Is that something yeah. that comes up in the sequels that he's Robert's brother? Because in this film, they just went to college together. There's a line earlier between him and Kathy when they're talking, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, you only went to college with him, or whatever. You guys only, like, shared a dorm or whatever it was. Um, and then he happens yeah. to mention that, you know, he's also now the president of the United States. Yeah, they mention at the so end that, a- that his brother is the president of the United States. Yeah, when oh, Damien's okay, going to be okay. adopted. So I, I, I completely missed that as well. They do say at the end of the movie, when you see the adult holding Damien's hand, they say that's the president of the United States, and he's going to adopt Damien, because in Damien, the Omen 2, which came out in 78, two years later, uh, his brother, Greg, uh, Robert's brother, was the owner of Thorn Industries. He's not the president. He's in England. He owns Thorn Industries, and he's a, a businessman. So maybe you're mishearing something. Maybe the brother isn't the president. Maybe the brother is going to adopt or take care of Damien, but the president is there at the funeral because he is close friends with Robert Thorne. You know what I mean? And it's if just showing that, that Damien, yeah. Damien is, like, starting to worm his way in. He's, well, one, it proves that Damien's still alive because the way the camera cuts, yes. you know, you see him with the, oh, knife, yeah. with the knife up, but we don't know if he brings it down before being shot. Mm-hmm. So now we know Damien's alive, and then obviously we're going to get the, the turn to the camera and 
and smirk ending, you know, which, again, as a kid, uh, things like that always creeps me out. You know, when, when anybody at any point either, like, freeze frames or somebody mm-hmm. looks directly <laughs> yeah. at the camera at the end of a movie and then the movie, like, cuts at that point, it's like, really, man, you had to fucking end this thing with them looking right at me, eh? <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did. I'm not going to sleep tonight now, am I? <laughs> and that was the whole thing about that scene is that Richard Donner was telling Harvey Stevens, who played Damien, do not smile when you turn and face the camera. Do not smile, and we will not be friends anymore if you smile. So, of course, he's a little asshole <laughs> and started laughing and smiling at the camera, and that's why we get that last shot. That was never meant to be in the movie. But because the kid wouldn't stop oh. fucking smiling and laughing at Richard Donner, it was in the movie. So it makes you think, okay, oh, shit. Like, he knows he's the Antichrist. Like, he knows what's going to happen. I would have loved it if they had the Rottweiler show up at the end, just at the edge of the cemetery, just watching Damien. Damien just kind of looks at the Rottweiler, and he's like, we did it, man. We made it. <laughs> We're going to take over the fucking world. But, Put yeah, it's, it's why the there's air. so much confusion. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, hey, <laughs> But that is why there is so much confusion, because there is the whole thing about his brother being possibly the president at the end, because there's a drop line. And then in part two, he's the head of Thorn Industries, which is a whole company in England. And that's where Damien goes to school. And I mean, we'll talk about it when we get there eventually with Damien the Omen, too. I, I, but, I, know in the, um, I know in the remake, they make Robert Thorne, because uh, they kind of, they go obviously younger, too, with the driver. Yeah. They make, they make mm-hmm. him the godson of the president. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So we end on a Bible verse as the credits hit. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. Book of Revelation, chapter 13, verse 16. So that is how we end the omen. To the maiden. So, yeah, like, I mean, I recommend... The first three movies, The Omen 4, The Awakening, was like a complete just HBO, made-for-HBO movie, which featured a girl who could possibly be the Antichrist. Um, it wasn't bad, but it was just – it wasn't The Omen. Like, it was <laughs> Is her name Antichrist? No, I don't remember <laughs> what name was. But I remember seeing it back at HBO today, and like, but they concluded it. Like, part three with uh, Sam you know, Neill ended it. <laughs> there should be no Omen movies. But they, they made one more, and they're like, oh, she's the, the female Antichrist. Uh, so if you ever want to check that out, it's available. I think you can find it on YouTube. Uh, it's, a, it's a really fucking bad movie. Um, so I, I recommend the first three. And if you want to see the remake, you know, it is kind of Gus Van Sant, you know, shot for shot, like the ghoul had said. But, you know, I like William Shriver. You know, I like Julia Stiles, but it just it wasn't a very good movie. Like, it's just the, the first Omen movie just is so – Good. And, and the fact that Richard Donner did it, because you remember from the Goonies and his weapon? Yeah, well, of course, and Superman. But, uh, you know, it's not, that, again, <laughs> it's not that it's a bad movie. It's just that if you see, you can watch the original and still get yes. the same effect. You can watch the original, and it's still a very effective movie. So the, the only reason to watch the remake is if you didn't know the original existed, you know, which is a shame because if you're going to watch that, then it's like, Oh shit, man, that's a bummer that you didn't know that there was a, a better version of this movie. Um, it's not bad. It's just, it is a shot for shot remake. And that, like, you know, at points I was like, Oh, 
listen, they're going to at least expand upon Kathy's character, give her a little bit more to do, maybe show a little more of her, like her paranoia, and and show like yeah. why she was thinking the things she was thinking towards Damien, and like they hint at it just a little bit, and then they were like, no, we're going to keep going shot for shot. Sorry, see you later. <laughs> And she died differently, too, because in the remake, Kathy dies when uh, Baylock puts the uh, poison bag into her IV. So she actually well, no, she sees herself a, uh, dying. She puts an air bubble in her IV. Yes, that's right, air bubble. And it triggers a freaking stroke. And, uh, yeah, she holds mm-hmm. her hand over her mouth and she strokes out. And the other thing that occurs during that scene, you have Damien sitting right across from a security guard and staring him yep. down. And, like, the security guard is having, like, like kind of like a weird panicky, like, mind control type of thing going on. So I guess it's just one more little detail to make you know for sure that Damien is definitely not, like, just an innocent kid. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's so weird. Like I, I just I don't like it. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's a good movie, but you know, it's it's out there. You know, I recommend people watch it, especially as a companion to, to uh the Omen the original. Um but mm-hmm. as we close out the show, of course the Dean wasn't here, but he does have a pick for us. Uh so we are going to go to nineteen ninety three, an Australian movie called Body Melt, directed by Philly Philip Brophy. Uh, I actually have this on DVD. It's it's uh, it's not terrible, uh, but it is very much street trash. So if you need a vibe, that's what your vibe is, street trash. So I will give you that. Well, I mean, if you guys haven't seen I, it. I, well, I was hoping with a name like Body Melt that it was going to at least go all out and be like that. Oh, yeah. gloopy. <laughs> so... And and we'll see if he's even here. Who knows? He might have some Dean business to take care of. But we hope he's here next week. Dean December. Yeah. No <laughs> Dean December. <laughs> thank you, Marie, again. That is awesome. No Dean December. But uh, thank you so much, uh, Monkey, for joining us tonight. And we'll see you back here next week for Body Mail. Yeah, dude. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> thanks for listening tonight, letting me come in yours. And, Ghoul, thank you so much for the pick. It was it was a great watch. Thank you, man. <laughs> Good night, everybody. My pleasure, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And go, want to go ahead and sign yourself off. Uh, listen, you know what? After Damien and the Omen and, and everything else, there's really, there really is nothing else to say. But, you know, stay scared, everybody. Stay scared. I mean, there is. I mean, if you want to kick it to me, because I'm your local friendly uh, Satanist. Hail Satan. Oh, fine. Hail yourselves. <laughs> Hail Odorous. <laughs> and keep America strong and watch more horror movies. Uh, Hail Damien, too. So I will say that. Fuck uh, that little you know, fucker. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Antichrist, man. You can't say fuck him. He'll kill you. You don't want to do that. Antichrist just needs a good ass whipping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what we should call it. An- Antichrist. I love that. The Antichrist. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there he goes. This is the king of horror entity, the Antichrist. Hail Satan. <laughs> he is the dark one. The, Andy. <laughs> the Antichrist. <laughs> he's, the king. he's the king, all right? He's the king of, not the, not the king of kings. He's the king of dingalings, okay? Well, yes, he is the Antichrist. <laughs> yep. The king of dingalings, Antichrist, is here for you. <laughs> Blessed be his name. And we'll see you back there next week for Body Melt. See you guys next week. Okay.